0: Hello and welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I am Ada and I am just jumping on here real quick to record an episode because there are several, uh, items that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's a couple of things going on in the news this week that I just, I have to talk about. Okay. Uh, sometimes things pop up that I'm like, oh my gosh, this has to be addressed, um, And so, so today I decided to do that. And, um, the first item I wanted to talk about is the stories that have come out in, uh, the Sydney morning Herald in Australia and also 60 minutes Australia about, uh, the Mormon church and, um, in the Sydney morning Herald, uh, They talked about how the Mormon church has overstated the amount it gives in charity by more than $1 billion, Uh, apparently to make itself appear more generous than it actually is. uh, They are under a huge amount of scrutiny over alleged international tax minimization schemes that involve Australia-based church entities. Okay, so let's talk about this. The Mormon church, you know, of course, asks that uh, we give 10 percent of our income in tithing that is required in order to go to the temple. Correct. Um, But when they you know, this this article, when they they ran the numbers, uh, the church only gives, well, less than one percent of what it receives. So while it asks us to give 10%, it only gives about 1%, actually less than 1% of the money that it brings in. So let's go over some of the Mormon Inc's top investments. They have about $3.6 billion invested in Apple. They have about $2.9 billion invested in Microsoft they have about 1.6 billion in Amazon, 1.5 billion in Alphabet who is the owner of Google, and 1.4 billion in United Health. The extent of Mormon's charity overstatement is shown in 15 years of previously unreleased financial reports which have been uncovered as part of a joint 6-month investigation and collaboration by The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and 60 Minutes. The Sydney Morning Herald reports that the church claimed that it made $1.35 billion. And well, no, so sorry, I'm I'm mixing this up. So what it said was that it had increased its uh, donations by $1.35 billion between 2008 and 2020. And the amount of money it actually gave was only 177 million. Okay? This was an analysis that was done by the Latter-day Saint Charities by their their own accounts which have never been released or reported on previously. They show that the that per, over that period of time from 2008 to 2020 that there was 177 million in total charitable support. Okay? They claimed that they increased their charitable donations by $1.35 billion. So that's over a billion dollar discrepancy, right? Are we all clear on these numbers? <laughs> oh my goodness. So when they talked to a church spokesperson about their commercial investments, the quote that he gave them was that they are for the, their money. Their stockpile in Enzyme Peak is for the singular purpose of inviting and helping people come unto Christ. So my next question is, how? How is that money <laughs> sitting in an investment fund, you know, over $100 billion, sitting in an investment fund for over 20 years, they have provided no, they have given none of that money. They have not touched that money for educational, charitable, or religious purposes. So I want to understand how do they justify that quote, that that, that that money is for inviting and helping people come unto Christ? I don't understand it. It it doesn't even make sense. And I think and one of the things that it says in, in this article is basically like this is them skirting the ethical issue of stockpiling this money and not using it for charity because Basically, they're saying like, oh, well, we're going to use it and and we're going to use it when the Lord tells us to. And you don't need to question us about it because we have divine authority. Right. It's it's so ludicrous. So then 60 Minutes Australia did a little story. And uh, and first I want to address the things they got wrong <laughs> because they got several things wrong. And I it it the reason it bugs me so much that they got some things wrong is because what's going to happen is any active member of the church who watches this is only going to focus on what they got wrong and then they're going to dismiss the whole story. So I really wish they would have done their homework better and gotten everything right so that TBMs could not just um, completely dismiss this entire story, which I know they are going to do because of the very minor, but sorry, they are significant to members of the church, things that they got wrong. So number one is they showed these missionaries. No, they showed a single missionary walking, going door to door, knocking on doors, a single missionary. Now that single missionary looked great. He looked like a missionary, but he didn't have a tag on and he didn't have a companion, which is a huge, 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 like that, that, that's a huge reason for every active member to just completely dismiss this whole story because they didn't do their research, right? There is never a single missionary walking around by himself. Have you ever seen that? No, nobody else has either. So there's that. The second thing they got wrong is the music, <laughs> the gospel music. They used the most ridiculous, like Southern Baptist, I don't know, some, I don't know, just the gospel music they used like in the background and playing as they're showing like scenes of the temple and stuff is just cringy. It's not the type of music that we that the Mormon church uses at all, not even close. And um, it was just funny. It was funny and cringy. Another reason why TBMs will completely dismiss this story 100%. And then the other thing that I noticed that they got wrong is they they said that members of the church are required to pay 10% of their tithing. And that is slightly wrong. It's not 100% wrong because they are not required to pay their tithing. They're only required to pay it in order to get a a temple recommend. So you can be a member of the church and not pay tithing, but you cannot go to the temple, okay, if you do not pay tithing. And, And I know that that's a minor distinction, but it's also a very important um, note to make, which, you know, is another reason why TBMs will completely dismiss this story because they got that wrong. Anyways, the 60 minute story basically claims that the church has cost the Australian government, um, over $400 million. Um, they used, uh, phrases like that the church was cooking the books. They were tax dodging, you know, tax avoidance, tax evasion, Um, essentially just that they have not been forthcoming in, in all of these things. There's a a guy they interviewed Neville Rocco, um, who his quote was, they cannot justify or sorry, it cannot justify itself as a religion because it is profit taking rather than profit distributing. Um, and he says that he thinks he probably gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church in tithes over the years. He has since left the church. Um, so, so let me kind of explain this. So in Australia, Tithing to a church is not tax deductible. Okay. There you can only claim a tax deduction if you give your money to charity, not to a religion or a church. So the Mormon church is exploiting this loophole and they've registered their own charity in Australia and they require their members to give their tithes to the charity instead of giving it directly to the church. So it's They've they've created this this shell company, and it just appears to be a giant sham, okay? This is not um, done by, you know, the ordinary members of the church, but by the church uh, organization, the the corporation, the corporate church, okay? Um, Here is a quote that they had. Um, I think the main aim of this operation is to ensure that the Mormons keep paying tithing. OK, so what he's saying is that if if the Mormons can't, if the members of the church are not able to use their tithing as a tax deduction, then they won't give their money to the church. So the church found a, a, a roundabout way of making this, you know, so that they continue to pay tithing by creating this shell charity um, Company. It's called Latter Day Saints Charitable Trust Fund. Okay, he has calculated that by claiming tithes as charitable donations, that they've been able to draw on over four hundred million in tax deductions that are not lawfully available to members of any other religion. No other religion in Australia gets this tax deduction, and they claim it's all spent on charity. Uh so this Latter Day Saint. Charitable Trust Fund, it has become one of the largest charities in Australia. It brings in more than almost any other charity, but it has no public presence in Australia. So again, it's a shell company. It only exists on paper. It has no employees, no website, no office, no expenses. Yet its income has skyrocketed since 2014 when it was created. And (laughs) Ironically enough, 2014, that was when those tax rules were updated and changed. And so um, that's when they created this shell company. Okay, it went from thirty six thousand in the first year to one hundred million. In a decade, and the number of Mormons in that same time frame has not grown at all. In fact, it has slightly declined. It is appears to be a totally tax dodging strategy. Okay? He so they put out they Okay, here's the numbers that I wrote down. So there are 60,000 Mormons in Australia, members of the church in Australia. And they claim 93 million dollars of of charity came out of Australia. But in the entire rest of the world combined, there's only 16 million members and there's only 25 million given to charity everywhere else in the world. Okay, so do these numbers make sense to you? They they don't make sense to me. Okay, (laughs) under Australian law, if you are running a charity like this, you have to be managed from Australia or at least the majority of your operations have to be happening in Australia. And that is totally implausible that the church is managing 93 million coming in each year and distributing tens of millions of dollars each year in this Australian charity when they have no paid staff or office in Australia. But the church denies that it's managing this money in Salt Lake City. So what is happening? Essentially, hundreds of millions of dollars that should have been taxed in Australia that could have been used by their government to benefit their people you know, is, is being taken. Okay. And, and it's, I'm, I'm sure the church will say that it's, you know, been, that it's following the law. Um, but it's, it's acting as, you know, just like every other big corporation in cheating the tax man, right? Like they find a loophole and they use it. Right. And so maybe they could technically say that they're following the law but what about spiritual law? What about God? What about what about, you know, saying that you um, follow God and Jesus? Um, would God or Jesus try to scam the government, try to cheat the government out of taxes that they are, you know, owe them fair and square? Like, it just doesn't make sense. The, the guy, Neville Rocco, that they interviewed, you know, he was he was in the church and he was given the assignment by the church to research the tax benefits available to religions in Australia. And now he feels responsible that he may have unknowingly helped the church in avoiding paying its fair share of taxes. So when he realized this, he launched a complaint with Australia's charity regulator. And um, unfortunately, you know, they the charity regulator won't say whether they're investigating it or not because... They're claiming, you know, privacy laws, whatever. But how do you think that the members in, say, Africa would feel about this? You know, the church goes into third world countries where people are in in incredible poverty. And then they tell them to pay their tithing before feeding their family or making their house payments. And it's just so incredibly backwards and wrong for a church to, you know, claim to speak for God and that they're doing God's work here on the earth. But yet they're stockpiling money in their giant enzyme peak fund. And this $100 billion fund has never been used to help one single person out of poverty. It has never been used for one single charitable activity in in the last 20 years. How do active Mormons justify this? Or do they know? Do they just turn a blind eye, pretend it's not happening? I really want to know how they can possibly reconcile this? And kind of like I said in the beginning, like because of the, you know the things they got wrong in this article, I would say that members of the church are just, you know dismissing the whole thing and saying, oh, they're just full of crap. they're just they're lying, right? There was a quote that Mitt Romney, um, you know, justified this by saying basically like, um, you know, I'm glad that not only have they saved for a rainy day, but they've saved for a rainy de- decade. But what about all the people suffering right now? They could alleviate that suffering right now, today, if they chose to. (sighs) That quote used in the 60 Minutes episode that their singular purpose of their money is for inviting and helping people come into Christ. It just blows me away. I just shake my head like, What the hell? Like we the church has got to answer for this. Like people need to be talking about this. If you guys are not bringing this up with your active TBM family members, you need to like you need to be asking that question. Like, hey, how are you justifying the church's money issues? Like the money they're stockpiling, the lies they're telling about a charity that they so you know supposedly have in Australia in order to avoid paying taxes what about this what about the lies they're telling about how much money they're donating to charity they're lying about how much money they are giving to charity and and they're claiming you know um hours of service and and um you know uh property that they are allowing to be used for different things they're they're like Adding that on and and giving it a dollar amount, you know, like it just it makes me so crazy. People need to know about this and they need to talk about it and they need to bring it up and they need to be vocal and loud. And everyone needs to know about this shit It is pissing me off. And um, in this story, they said that there's basically hundreds of former Mormons in Australia that have joined a class action lawsuit against the church. Um, they interviewed a couple who said that they want their tithing money back because it was paid under false pretenses and they feel ripped off. And I completely agree with them. I feel ripped off too. I gave tithing money under false pretenses too. We all did, right? Are we ever going to get our tithing money back? No. That's why I kind of laughed when I said that, that they wanted their tithing money back. I mean, of course they're not going to get it back. The the church has ways to, to say, well, you know, whenever you give charity, you give it and 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 it doesn't matter what we did with it, what we did with the money. Right. But it's just the principle of the thing. It's speaking up about it. It's saying, hey, what you're doing is freaking not OK. I just don't understand. I don't understand their logic. I don't understand their justifications and their excuses for stockpiling all this money, for lying about how much money they actually have given to charity, saying that they're giving over a billion dollars in charity that they've increased their charitable donations so much. And then they're not, they're really not like this doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Um, how can this church be led by God? How I genuinely want somebody to answer that question for me. That makes any sense in a way that makes any sense. Cause it it just doesn't. <laughs> how is a hundred billion dollars going to help them when the savior comes again? <laughs> I I don't get it. The second coming of Christ, they're going to need all that money. Like, and that's just, that's just, that's just their, their enzyme peak fund. That's, that's not even talking about the money that's coming in that they're putting, you know, I, it's like, I don't know, several billion dollars a year into temples and temples in places that are totally unnecessary and unneeded and, What is that for? For doing work for the dead. It's not helping anyone who is living. It's not helping anyone who is in poverty. It just, I mean, I know I rant about this topic a lot. I get so fired up about the money because they should be doing better things with their money. And they could be. They could be doing so. They could literally, this one organization could change the entire world. Like I and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, like the amount of money they have. Could change the entire world, it could bring all people out of poverty. I I just I just don't understand it. And then sorry, this brings me to another topic. Why isn't the church doing something to save the Great Salt Lake? We have gotten to a critical place. As it pertains to the Great Salt Lake, if you are if you, you know, are listening outside of Utah, you may not know anything about this. But in Utah, the Great Salt Lake, we are in a critical phase. Uh, a terrible drought. This literally if the Great Salt Lake dries up, we like the entire economy of Utah will crash and burn and we are seeing toxic dust from the Great Salt Lake. Toxic air. We currently have toxic air right now, today in Utah. Because of the state of the Great Salt Lake. Why is the church not doing something? And maybe they are behind the scenes that I don't know about. But I mean, they should have done something a long time ago. How can the prophet did not receive a revelation that this was going to be a problem in the future? Like what? What is he doing? And I can't imagine that the church is just going to let this whole thing fall to shit and, and the entire state of Utah, like turn into a wasteland like that is literally what is going to happen. If we don't step up and do something right now and it's going to cost an extreme amount of money to fix this problem, the church is going to have to step up and do something about it. And I, I think maybe eventually they will. But. Why the hell haven't they already done something? Why the hell haven't they done something to prevent this problem like way long ago? Like this, this problem started decades ago. And it's just come to a really, really critical spot now. And there's no more sitting around picking our noses, not caring about the environment here in Utah. Like Mormons do not care. That's what I've noticed is that Nobody cares because they think the world is ending anyways. So what? We don't have to save our planet for the next generation or the next generation or the next generation. They do not care. They do not care about the environment whatsoever. And that is why Utah is in such a dire situation with our environment, our air quality, our water sources like we're we're seriously fucked. That's what we are right now in Utah. Um, It makes me want to leave. Makes me want to leave Utah, which is an incredibly beautiful state with tons of natural resources at one time. (laughs) I mean, all my family here is here. All my life is here. Everything. So it's not like just a simple thing of like, oh, let's just get up and leave like I want to make a difference and I I'm doing what I can to make a difference. But I mean, it feels impossible when nobody else cares. It just feels like nobody freaking cares and we are absolutely fucked. And the, the great salt Lake issue is quite possibly going to be the death of Utah. (laughs) It's, I mean, maybe I sound like such a doomsdayer right now, but that's the actual facts. And that is just one of the many reasons why the church's money stuff pisses me off. Just absolutely pisses me off. Oh, okay, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Need to take some calming, cleansing breaths. Okay, next topic. <laughs> and I need to give a little bit of a trigger warning because the topic of suicide is, is going to come up in this in this next story. Just this week, People Magazine came out with an article about David Archuleta. And I'm sure many of you have already read it. And, you know, if you follow him at all, you know that he's clearly been struggling in the last year or two. I mean, he's been struggling his whole life. Let's be honest, right? Um, Secretly. But in public, it's become public in the last year or two with his sexuality. And um, I want to say last June, he came out um, as... Queer. He, he, he wasn't sure. I think at the time he said he was part of the LGBTQ community, not quite sure, um, where he fell on that spectrum. But, um, and then I don't know, a few months later or something, he posted a video, um, on Instagram that was so heart wrenching. If you guys have not listened to that, you should find it and listen to it. I don't know what to tell you how to find it, but, um, It's, it was on Instagram. I want to say that it was, you know, last fall sometime, but he was talking about accepting himself and realizing that God loved him exactly as he is and that he'd been taught wrong his whole life. And you could literally see him like visually see him having a faith crisis in real time. It was hard to watch, but also like, I was so happy for him. I think I talked about this on an earlier episode, probably. Um, I can't remember for sure. I think I did like last spring. February, March sometime that might've been when the video came out. In fact, anyways, that's, that doesn't really matter. The timeline doesn't really matter, but it's been so interesting to follow his story. Um, this article in people magazine came out and said that he's decided to step away from the church and he feels liberated. Ah, I could not be happier. I could not be more happy for this kid. I mean, I say kid, I don't know. He's probably like 30 something. He's the darlingest kid. Okay. He has tried so freaking hard to be straight. <laughs> okay. In this story, it talks about him sitting down at dinner with his third fiance, third, three. He had three fiances. This is how hard he tried to marry a woman. Okay. <laughs> and this was back in May of 2021. He's having dinner with her and he has a terrible panic attack. And it's all because he's thinking about having to live with her and and having to be her partner and to be intimate with her. Oh, my God. This poor kid. He is trying so hard. And at one point he genuinely thought about suicide because he thought it would be a better option than acting on his quote unquote same sex attraction, which I hate that term. Um, Here's a couple quotes from him. He says, I'm finally learning what it's like to actually love myself. I feel liberated. Oh, I love him so much. He says he felt like he was the poster child for the church. Here's a quote from him. Everything revolved around that. That meant I'm going to marry a woman. I'm going to follow all these commandments. I'm going to live the word of wisdom. Everything was set out. No alcohol, no tobacco, no smoking, no sex before marriage, no gay relationships. God is your everything. Go to church every Sunday. Make sure you're worthy to hold the temple recommend so that you can go to the temple. And make sure you believe in Jesus Christ. Make sure you believe that the Book of Mormon is true and that the Bible is true and follow the prophet. Everything he says is right and comes from God. That was my life. That was my bubble. That is a direct quote from him. I. Could not, yeah, agree more. That's exactly, that's exactly how, yeah. Um, After the anxiety attack with his fiance, he said this, you just start feeling like, oh, there's probably no point for me to live. I probably would be better off not living anyway. God would probably forgive me if I ended my life because it's better than what I could become, which is if I'm gay or LGBT of any sorts, I'm going to be in big trouble spiritually. Oh, my heart just like, shatters a little bit inside when I read that one of the things he oh one of the things he says you know as growing up in the church was that they're comparing being gay to murdering someone and you're like I don't want to be an evil person right oh here's another quote it got to a point where I was praying like God if you are really there please take this away from me because I don't know what else to do and finally there was just a moment where my understanding of God said you need to stop asking me this. You're not supposed to change yourself because this is how you are. You are created to be this way. Oh, and then he says that was just the most freeing thing. So he finally came to this point where he recognized that God was saying, stop, stop trying to change. Ooh, I love that. Once he was able to recon- reconcile his sexuality with his you know, spirituality and like recognize that God made him the way he was. Um, It says that he began speaking to church leaders about Mormonism's views on the LGBTQ community. And then it says those conversations were futile and left him feeling frustrated and exhausting. Today, his relationship with the church is very complicated. In quotes, he says, here's the rest of that quote for my own mental health. I can't keep putting myself in a place where it's so conflicting, where they say, we love you so much, but at the same time, you must change who you are. Oh, you can't. Oh, then we're going to ignore this problem. He says he's received support from his family and friends um, when he made this decision. He says, I tried to hide from this all my life and I can't. I just had to take a step away, take a break from religion because for my own sanity, I did not want to weigh out whether it was better for me to live and exist or if it was better for me not to exist. It hurts me because my religion was everything for me. But you get to a point where you realize there are some things not right here. I need to just live my life because I already know I'm okay how I am. Ooh, so good. So, so good. This past summer, he starred in Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in St. George at the Tuacon. I wish I could have gone. I really wish I could have gone. That would have been darling. He seems like you know, that is the perfect role for him completely. Um, But one of the quotes he says about that experience was, this was the most gay people I've ever been around. I always avoided being around other gay people because I thought if I was around it, it was going to bring it out in me. But it's great to be around queer people who actually embrace who they are. Then it goes on to say, while he's the first to admit, I just have to figure out who I am. He says he's in a better place since rethinking his damaging relationship with his religion. Here's a quote. Once you step away, you're finally able to see the fuller picture. I love that. That is so true. It's so weird now, you know, the 30,000 foot view that I have. And I'm like, how did I ever, how did I ever believe any of this shit? Like I was in this bubble. I was just like in this tiny, like, um, what, like, like tunnel vision type of a thing. And it's so true. It's like this, this perfect analogy of like, stepping away and looking at it from a 30,000 foot view, you can see the whole picture. It's crazy. So, and then one of the things he said is like, uh, this was my world, but now it isn't. Now, what do I do? I have no idea. I've allowed myself to love myself for everything I am to not be conditioned to shame myself and to not be ashamed of who I am feels wonderful because I don't think it was, I didn't think it was ever okay to love myself. Oh my God. I'm so happy for this kid. I really am. I'm so happy that, and, and I saw it coming because of you know the last year or so um, and the posts that he's made and stuff. I love that new cute song that he has out um, called Faith in Me. I just he's he's finding his own truth and listening to his own gut, knowing um whether he calls that God or just his own intuition or whatever. He's finally recognizing that he was okay all along and that the church freaking lied to him. They lied to him about who he was and about, you know, it being a sin and being a terrible problem. And I am so, I could not be more happy. It's, it's been like such a happy thing for me to watch this journey of his and to watch him like come into his own and see himself and love himself, and to feel so liberated by it. Oh, it makes me so happy. I basically read the entire People Magazine article to you. But if you want to go look it up and read it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've already heard all this stuff. Because I basically read the whole thing (laughs) to you. Um, But I will say this this part at the bottom. If you or someone you know is considering suicide, please contact the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988-TEXT-STRENGTH the word strength to the crisis text line at 741741 or go to 988988lifeline.org okay i just i want to add that part in there um because that is a super important thing to keep in mind um it makes me terribly sad and also angry to think about the number of kids and adults who have gone through this horrific experience of thinking that they were gross or disgusting or not worthy of love or that something was wrong with them and that God did not accept them the way they are, that they had to change their sexuality in order to be accepted by God. I mean, this is just so incredibly wrong. The church has so much to answer for. So much to answer for. When I step out and look at this 30,000 foot view, I just feel sick about all of the harm that they are doing in the world. I used to be so proud of the church I belonged to and that it was doing so much good in the world. How did I believe that you guys? How did I, how did I just accept what they told me? And never looked deeper. I never looked closely. I never questioned. I never researched. I never doubted. I just accepted and believed all the bullshit they told me. I thought that my tithing was going to help people. I thought that the church was doing so much good in the world. But really... The members of the church were the only ones doing any good, and they're only doing good to the extent that they know how to, and they can only do good if it aligns with the church's teachings. And so many of the members of the church are doing harm because they've been indoctrinated to believe that that's what they need to do that that's the way, you know, that they're supposed to love, but not too much because you still have to judge their, their lifestyle choices or whatever. I mean, it's just sick and wrong. And if you think about how much good, like if every single member of the church today stopped paying tithing to the church and started taking their 10% of their income and put it towards actual charities that are actually doing good in the world, think how much of a difference it could make. Also. How much of a difference could it make if the church took out that $100 billion, which is way more than $100 billion now? What if they took that $100 billion out and actually did some charity with it, helped people out of poverty? Like, imagine what our world could be. The church is a toxic, just a breeding ground of toxicity and harm and the suicides that they have caused that they should have to answer for. The only reason that I hope there's a hell (laughs) is because I hope that the church has to answer (laughs) the leaders who've done so much harm in the church. I just wish that they would have to answer for it. The sexual predators, the people who hid the sexual predators actions, who didn't do anything about it, who didn't step up and protect kids and protect LGBTQ people and help people in poverty like they are actively doing harm. And if 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 we were just like to erase all of the the historical problems. It wouldn't matter. I I could today, erase all of those things, and I would still disagree with the church, and I could never go back to the church because of what they are currently doing today, their actions each and every day that are actively doing harm. We need to be speaking up about this, you guys. We need to be saying what we can say, and I know it's so hard because we have active believing members of our family and our friends, and we don't want to alienate everybody clearly, And I've talked about this before, like there's this really, this narrow, this narrow walkway we are walking where we have to be careful what we say, but we also don't want to just stay silent on the issues. It's like we have to speak up and speak out where we can and how we can and in whatever manner we can to try and make a difference because I don't want to just bury my head in the sand and try to pretend that none of this matters or that I can't make a difference. Like, I feel like I just I have to say something when I can. So that is all I had to share today. Um, I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to me. I've had so many of your beautiful, beautiful faces reach out to me and say such nice, encouraging words when I was like, you know, kind of being super down on myself and this podcast and feeling, you know, iffy. And so many people have just wrapped their arms around me and given me so much love. And I appreciate it so, so, so much. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how many I can't I've lost count of how many people have reached out to me in so many different ways. And it's just been so it's been so lovely. You guys, thank you. You know how to make a girl feel loved. You really do, because I'm just it's giving me hope and it's making me want to keep going and keep saying all the things and doing the things. And um, I've had so many people reach out and I've reached out to so many people and I've lined up a bunch of really fun, 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 fun episodes coming up. So and maybe not all fun. Some of them are hard. I'm, I, I won't say they're all fun, but some of this stuff is hard and we know it. Right. And I'm not going to avoid the hard stuff um, just because it's hard because I think it has to be talked about. And um, I've got a bunch of really cool stuff lined up that I'm seriously stoked about. Um, so keep coming back. Keep listening. Keep giving me your feedback. I love it so, so, so much. And I appreciate it so, so much. So I love you. All of you take care of yourselves. Please give yourselves um, the love and care that you need when you are struggling. Reach out for help when you need to take a break and just allow yourself to be less than perfect. Um, This The church has taken a toll on all of us. Um, Our mental health. There's a reason why Utah is the number one state for antidepressants and anxiety meds. Come on. And we've got to give ourselves some grace. And I've been able to do that with your guys' help. And so I just give that all right back to you. Thank you so much. And I just want you all to know that you matter that what you do matters when you speak out it matters your voice matters and you need to make sure that you are giving yourself some self-care some grace and and take care of take care of you okay i love you all and i'll see you next time bye